Grace and peace, God bless you. Welcome back to Soteria Prophetic Ministries. I'm your host and teacher, Delisa Rogers-Fields. I'm gonna be sharing something with you over the next few minutes that I believe is gonna bless your life. I also believe that it's gonna preserve many of you. And can I just be honest? This, the wisdom that the Holy Spirit has given me that I'm gonna to release to you, I truly believe it, it may even prolong some of you, your life. It may prolong your life because it is a wisdom from God that will help preserve you in times when the enemy is targeting you for burnout, when he's targeting you for fatigue to the point where you can become so weary to where like Elijah, you just want to give up and say, you know what, God, just take me home. And I've been in seasons like that where I have just felt so overwhelmed, so exhausted, so um, spent to where I've just, and especially if you are feeling like that in a season of spiritual warfare, it's like, that is the worst time to feel burnt out when you're fighting the enemy. I mean, that is clearly not the, the, the right time to, you want to back up. You know, the Bible says to be not weary and well doing, right? So there is that tendency to happen where everything just happens back to back sort of puts me in the mind of Job when he received one set of bad news and before he could r rationalize what was happening and, and gather his thoughts and, and, and proceed to grieve around what happened, something else took place. So, you know, you'll find that sometimes where it's just like, you know what, what's next? You know, what, what, what can happen next? What can go wrong now? And so you want, first of all, your words have power. We are prophetic people, so you don't want to say that. But you do feel like, okay, what what, what now? You know, I think, I forget which prophet was like, Zion, what's the matter now? Like, you know, God has done all of this for you. And, you know, what what is the problem now? But anyway, I wanted to talk to you about that burnout. And in, in terms of feeling drained. Now, my apostle, Ivory Hopkins, has written a book. And he has tons of videos. I encourage you guys to check out his YouTube page, Apostle Ivory Hopkins, or visit his website, pilgrimsministry.org. But he has a book that is um, called, I believe it's Deliverance from the Draining Spirit. And oh my goodness, if you've ever felt so drained um, by being around certain people, that book will help you. It will help you identify those draining spirits and will help you um, get free from it. But anyway, I want to talk about that a little bit because I was meditating on some things today. And I was actually talking to someone and, and that thought came up. And I was, you know, just encouraging that person. I said, listen, we've got a long road ahead of us. We, we've got... I know many of us are, are, you know, engaging, actively engaging in the work of ministry and we're doing great things and praise God. But we haven't even seen uh, the Bible says, eyes have not seen, eyes, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart. So of many things that God has prepared for them that love them, but God reveals it to us by his spirit. But some of us haven't even received that revelation of what all God has for us. You, you would be amazed. Many of us are looking at life as we see it right now. And you may convince yourself that, well, this is it. This is as far as I'm going to go. This is all I'm ever going to be. This is all I'm ever going to have. And that is not true. You're going to always find yourself meeting a new version of yourself from faith to faith, glory to glory. You should always, you know, we, the Bible talks about comparing one to another is unwise. You don't ever, 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 ever need to compare yourself to anybody's walk, gift, breakthrough deliverance miracle blessing property physical stuff you don't have to do that 
Your job is to focus on you and, and working out your own soul salvation and developing the your best self, working on yourself, growing, maturing. If, if we could get that, I'm telling you, if we could get that down pat, oh my goodness, the world would be in such a better place. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're focused on what everybody else is doing. And that's why the Bible, the Lord plainly said, don't covet. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, as God is my secret judge, there, there are believers because that word was not written to the unsaved. It was not written to folks who were outside of covenant. That word, that admonition, that commandment was written to the believers, the called out ones, the ecclesia. And God is telling us, the church, don't covet. Don't covet another man's house, his wife, his dog, his cat. Don't. That's a sin. Do you understand that you are sinning? And I, I'm, believe me, I didn't mean to go here, but I'm going with God. But I'm going to get to my topic. But do you understand that you sin? You are committing a sin. You are breaking one of God's laws when you compare yourself to what someone has or where they are or what they have or what they're doing. Do you know you are coveting? That is called the sin of covetousness. And so if that's you, you need to repent and ask God, Father, first of all, forgive me because I didn't even know that that's what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't even know that I was doing it. But now, Father, that the woman of God has revealed that thing to me, Father, and I feel the Holy Spirit checking me, I ask you to forgive me. And Lord, for every area of another person's life that I have looked on and have spied on and have wished it was me, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to keep blessing them. But I also ask you, Lord, to help me look within myself and help me to take the time that I was using to watch somebody else. Help me, Lord, God, to restructure and reframe that and focus on me. And I'm telling you, you will find yourself, you find yourself so much happier. People tell me all the time, woman of God, you always look so happy. You are, you're always smiling. And, and that's not to say I don't go through trials. Believe me, I can tell you things that would, <laughs> would level you on your back. I'm telling you, my, my, you, you just praise the Lord. <laughs> I, I go through, you, you have no idea, but greater is he that is in us as he is in the world, right? But what keeps me going? Well, there's a lot of things. But one of the primary things that keeps me going is that I know this is not it. I know that God has so much more in store than my present reality. And my suffering, my trials, my tribulations don't dictate the promises of God for my life. So I'm always pressing. Didn't Paul tell us to do that? I press toward the mark of the prize for the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Right? I'm, I'm putting all these other things behind me. And I will let nothing, oh my goodness, y'all, I don't want to preach that. But you understand what I'm saying? When you change your view, change your direction, change your focus and focus on you, focus on what God is telling you, what he's expecting from you, what he is requiring from you. And therein you will find your joy. The Bible said in patience, you possess your soul. And this is why so many people feel broken and, and, and unfulfilled and unsatisfied because you're impatient. You just you know you don't want to wait on God to do nothing. You don't you just I want it right now because sister so and so is doing it. I want it now because brother. It, it, can I just tell you something? That that conversation and that mindset is the that's exactly why it's taking so long because you're not ready. If you want what you want based upon what somebody else has, that's the proof that you don't ha that you're not ready for it, and that's why you don't have it. Praise God, I love you. But anyway, I wanted to um give you a, a point of reference that's coming. Out of Judges chapter 16 verse, well Judges 16, but this is coming directly out of Judges 16, 16. And this is where Delilah 
was pressing on um, Samson to tell him where his strength was. And I want to share this with you because I posted it on my social media. It's on my Facebook page if anybody follows me or what have you. But I was talking about how you have to be careful about people pulling on you. You know, just pulling, 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 you know, and when I say pulling, because I don't want to assume that everybody knows what that means, but it means that when you, you, people are approaching you for something. And I mean, you know, it can be a number of people and it can be pulling on you for different things. But I'm just talking about that, that demand. Some people say there's a, put a demand on the oil or demand on the anointing or what have you. But I'm talking about people who have entered into your life, have come into your life and they're expecting something from you. Do you remember the man at the beautiful gate? And um, I think it was, uh, was it Peter and John? I think it was, were entering in and the man was just staring at them looking for, for some money. And, and Peter said, Peter, right? He was like, don't look at us. <laughs> he said, we don't have any money. I mean, come on. They had already walked away from their business to follow Christ. So, I mean, they didn't have money like that. Right. And, and so, but this man was, he was, he was begging, begging alms. And he, he was hoping that anybody entering in the building would give him some money. And they said, we don't have anything, but you know, what we do have, we give it to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Right. And, and he did, but that's what I'm talking about. People looking, looking on you to expect something from you. And, and, and they, some folks will, here's what it will look like. Okay. And I can just give you some personal examples because I have plenty. <laughs> they will keep calling you, keep emailing you, keep texting you, keep inboxing you, keep following you around. I mean, it, it's almost as if, you know, you, you have this invisible umbilical cord that keeps these kinds of people attached to you. And every time you turn around, they're in your face needing something. Now, if you're a mom like me and my husband and I have five beautiful children, that's a natural thing, right? I mean, we brought them here like my youngest daughter said, well, y'all brought me here. So, you know, there goes that argument. But so I'm not talking about natural soul ties, I, you know, godly soul. Ties. I'm not talking about that, even though that can become demonic, too. It can become a, a, a issue, too. Right. But I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about people who know certain things that, that you carry, who know, you know, what God has put inside of you. And they're looking to draw. And, and, you know, I had this one guy, boy, I'll tell you, I had this one guy come into my church. This was a couple of years ago. And he, after church, I mean, I, the Lord used me and I give God glory to, you know, preach a word and it blessed the people and the spirit of God moved. And I felt confirmation that God was pleased and all was well. And so I knew that my assignment for that particular service had ended. The glory of God had lifted, right? The anointing lifted and I had become another man. In other words, I settled back down to being wife, mom, you know, my natural man. And so this man walks up to me and he says, I need a word. And now, first of all, his approach was just off. Okay. You don't ever approach anybody like that. So I knew right off the bat. I said, okay, here we go. <laughs> so, yeah. Woman, God, I need a word. You are, you're a prophet, aren't you? I said, yes. Well, I, I, I need a word. I said, so where were you? during the message because I, i'm at this point i'm already i'm already tapping into what this demon is right it's a confrontational spirit plus he's a man and he he was a bishop i'll tell you that and and so he felt you know that a woman he was he tried to challenge me let me just say that okay he was trying to challenge me and i, I peeped the whole thing right I, I mean i saw him clear as day his devil was wide open and so yeah i i need a word i said so where were you during the message i said if i my memory served me correct. You were amening and threw your hand up and you stood up and you bear witness with what the word of God was saying. I said, so you didn't hear God 
And I mean, y'all, my messages, if anybody knows me, I'm, I'm, I can easily preach for two hours. I mean, I mean, my husband's like, babe, you know, I mean, I can go because I have a lot of word in me to God be the glory. But I usually try to taper it off after an hour. You know, I try and I ask the people, y'all, okay? And they're like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna keep going, right? So I know over an, after an hour of ministering, now you can't tell me you didn't hear God say something to you. I mean, I just refuse to believe that. And so, yeah, I need a word. I, 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 I'm, I'm, and so here, here are the words. And this is where I'm going with you, with it, you guys. I, I'm pulling on the anointing. First of all, <laughs> through the power of God, I'm stewarding this anointing. Okay? I steward it. And so if I feel led to release a word, and this is going to bless y'all, because some of you have been backed up against the wall and you've had people inboxing you, woman of God, man of God, I need a word. I need, I, no, first of all, you need to go to God first. He is the word. Go there, okay? And try that, and try pulling on, try that. Try that attitude with him. But anyway, um, yeah, so I steward, by the grace of God, I steward my oil. And so I get to determine whether God is is in, in, expecting me to release it or if this is some devil trying me, right? <laughs> and, and, and so right off the i knew immediately where 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 that was going and i just shut it down shut him down and so yeah i'm i'm, I'm putting demand on another i said so you put a demand i said but if i'm carrying the anointing i get to determine whether i release it or not and i said i have nothing to say to you i have no anointing for you and he looked so astonished he looked like i mean he was offended like how dare you you a prophet and i, I place a demand i come to place a demand on the anointing i said your demand worked while i was ministering and the anointing was flowing but when god gave me the benediction told me it was time the word was finished and his spirit lifted or that grace for that message lifted then that's all i have anything that i have after that listen to me is reserved for my husband, my children, and whatever else God has, you know, need of me for that day. And so here's what I'm saying to you, people of God. First of all, don't fall. Please don't fall for this mess where folks are walking up to you telling you, I come to place a demand. Here's $20. I come to play. First of all, I, I'm not a jack in the box. I'm not a vending machine. And we're not going to play those games. I will cut you down quicker. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want those problems. And, and so, yeah, I let him know I have no oil for you. Everything God gave me, I released it. You received it. So anything that you're asking of me beyond that, I'm sorry, I'm not able to deliver. You're going to have whatever you need beyond what God gave me. You have to go to God to get that. And so you have to be very careful when you have those kinds of situations to where, especially for those of you that are operating in prophetic ministry, whether you have a prophetic gift or you're called to prophetic office, you better watch that. You better watch when people come to you and demand something from you. You will never find that in scripture where it went well. Never. Do you remember it was Alicia? And I think I told you guys about this. So I told somebody about it where I can't remember exactly. I don't know. It was the king sent his men to Alicia. What have you? I believe this was during the time he was telling the man secrets. And he, the king said, I demand him. Go get him. And whenever they would show up, the king desires to see you. Fire from heaven would fall and kill the men. This happened, I believe, like three, two to three times. Until finally, one of the generals was like, hey, we, you know, man of God, please have mercy. You have to watch how you approach people. You don't, praise God. Anyway, let me get out of that. Y'all hear what I'm saying in this spirit. But with, in, in Judges 16, 16, you had Delilah who kept pulling on Samson. Now, Samson was a carrier of 
the oil. This man had an anointing from birth to destroy the Philistines, right? That was his call. That was, that was his, that's why God brought him here to destroy the works of the devil. And instead of doing that, we know the story, but here it was this woman who kept pulling on him, kept pulling on him time after time, night after night, this woman would, he would lay in her lap and she would pull Samson, Samson. Oh honey, tell me where your strength lies. And, 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 you know, he played with it. She, listen, she would place a demand on his anointing to find out where his weakness was. And this is where you have to be careful, people of God, about those who place a demand on you or, or are pulling from you and God has not sanctioned you to release anything. And the Bible said in Judges 16, 16, she vexed this man to death. In other words, you will find some people that will wear you out. Every time you pick up your phone, you got five missed calls. You got six text messages. They got letters in your mailbox. They're sleeping on your porch. They after church. Soon as you get done ministering the word of God, they're in your face. You can't get home to take your shoes off. They're on the phone. These are people that operate in draining spirits because no Holy Ghost of God will dishonor the oil and will dishonor the anointing like that. Even when Jesus ministered, Jesus, the King of all glory, when he ministered, he would take time off to be restored. He would not allow anybody to pull on him. He would take time to be restored. The angels of God would minister and then he would come back when he was in control of his virtue. And this is where a lot of people of God miss it because we think because we're a prophet or we have some title or we're trying to get one that we, we've got to always keep pouring and pouring and pouring all the way up. The people are pulling them and people, you better watch that. What? And it's, oh my God, especially if you have <laughs> the spirit of a man pleaser or for those of you who love attention, you got a, a man seeking man, man pleasing spirit or you love attention. You know, those kind of, those kind of bondages. If you operate in some of that, you, the enemy is going to set you up for the kill because you thrive off of folk coming to you for stuff. You, 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 you feel that's where you get your kicks from. I know. <laughs> don't you turn this message off. Listen to the whole thing. Because <laughs> God is dealing with this. Now. I told you this is how you're going to preserve your life. This is how you will preserve your life. You know, some of us, and again, here I go, I'm going to include myself. Some of us, we feel great. We feel empowered. We feel like somebody, especially if you've ever suffered from abandonment, neglect, rejection, orphan spirits, any of those spirits where you felt left, cast aside or whatever, then you feel, <laughs> boy, whew, the enemy, listen, will, will feed into that. He will feed into that void and folks will pull on you. Oh, I heard you a prophet. I heard that you, uh, you see, you a seer. I heard that you can interpret dreams. I have a dream. Joseph said, all interpretations belong to God. And then uh, Daniel came behind him and said the same thing. Even though you may have the interpretation to the dream, is God telling you to release it? Or do you want to be the one known in your circle for interpreting dreams? God has blessed me with the gift to interpret dreams. And he will, as a pastor, yeah, I will interpret it as the Spirit of God leads me. But in my interpreting, I'm also teaching. I'm teaching it at, so that they will learn, okay, when you have a dream, Incorporate some of these steps to to to, to uh, distinguish what God is saying in, in your dream. But I don't want to be that your, your point person every time you have a dream. I, I don't even have time for that. <laughs> you know, I don't have time to interpret all of your dreams, right? So it, it you know so you teach you that's how you multiply sons, non gender. You multiply sons by teaching them what you know, so that when they have a situation, they don't have to keep running to you. They can tap into what has been deposited in them. So anyway, I want to get back to the draining thing because this is a very real thing. Now, when, when Jesus was in the crowd, 
the woman with the issue of blood, she pulled him. She pulled on his healing. She knew he, listen, she knew he had something she needed. Now catch what I'm saying to you. She knew Jesus had something that she needed. She, the Bible says she went all over the place and couldn't get what she wanted. Here comes Jesus. So she takes that opportunity. And I don't blame the woman. I'm not knocking her, but I'm just setting this up for you to understand where we're going with it. She took the opportunity to, and the Bible says she pressed in from behind. She didn't even come to him up front. Hey, Jesus, lay hands on me. Heal me from this a hemorrhage or whatever. I've been bleeding all my life. Whatnot. She didn't come to him, you know, up front. It was not a frontal thing. She came from behind. And what happened? Even though she came from behind, Jesus did not know that there was someone in the crowd who intended, listen to me carefully, had every intention to pull something from him for their own personal benefit. Now, if that happened to Jesus, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are when you come into a conference or a service or work or a family event or what have you, and there are people gathered there who have already plotted and planned what they're going to get from you? Again, I'm not knocking the woman now because they worked and Jesus blessed her. And he, listen, he let her have that gift. Okay. He let her have that gift. Now, but what I'm talking about, I'm trying to show you how this can also happen on the flip side. Because there are people who will come to your church, those of you who are in leadership, or come to your conferences, or whatever your thing is, and they've already plotted and planned, and some of them work in groups. I've seen that happen. They will already plot and plan, soon as she gets done preaching, let's all surround her and talk about this. And what they're doing is they're drawing from you. They're drawing, virtue is a life force. They're drawing. They're, they're, you know, as soon as he gets done praying, let's all flock to him. Don't be naive, people of God. These are, these are areas that I have made many mistakes in. And so this is why I'm able to share. I'm not sharing something I heard. I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you about times when I have ministered and I can't even get to my car. I can't even get, I can't get out the church door. And you've got a whole crowd of people surrounding you, touching you, hugging you. I just want to hug you. I just want to bless you. I just want to, and, and not all of them have ulterior motives. I will dare not say that. Because some are truly like they press Jesus and many, they just want to acknowledge you and honor you for the gift. They want to put a seed in your hand or thank you so much. I was praying and I needed a word. I bless you, woman of God. Bless you, man of God. So I, I'm not trying. Listen, I'm not trying to cause you to be sus suspicious, but I do want you to be discerning and be wise. OK, because as that woman plotted to surround, to, to get that healing from Jesus that she needed. There are people who will sit and plot the whole time you're ministering. They'll, the devil will talk to their minds and say to them, soon as she gets done, soon as he gets done, approach them, touch them, grab them, hug them, and draw strength. Why? Why? So you can be left vulnerable. Many people, this is how spirits transfer. I'll never forget. I will never forget a time I was very young in the Lord. I didn't know anything about covering myself and praying over myself or being restored or I didn't know anything about that at all. All I knew was, and I think I was like 19, 20, 20, 21, somewhere around that. All I knew was I loved working the altar. Oh my God, I just loved working the altar. Now, you know, praise God, I, I let the other ministers go forth and watch them and step in if needed, but it's their season now. And, and so, but man, I used to, I couldn't wait. I could not wait for the altar call. And just, I mean, oh my, it was just, oh, praise God. <laughs> you can see that passion, right? But there was this one lady 
she was battling suicide spirits and she had low self-worth low self everything i mean um it was terrible and i, I prayed for her and and she, you know oh my goodness i'll never forget this you guys i mean it's like i can see it right now happening all over again i labored with her i prayed with her and i mean i was young so you know i had plenty of energy right i only had i think what one kid at that time uh my oldest and and so i mean i had plenty of energy i mean i was just ready to go right and and i mean just praying over her laying hands on her she fell out on the floor boom demons are coming out screaming and crying you know other intercessors are coming and we're laboring and travailing and tearing with her and the woman of god got a breakthrough do you hear me it was a beautiful breakthrough she got up off the floor her countenance had changed and she was just turned into another person well don't you know on my way home those same spirits that the Lord used me to cast out of her tormented me they tormented me they attacked me they harassed me so much so that by the time I got home my husband we had an apartment we lived up um, we had to go upstairs and he didn't come he wouldn't he wouldn't really a, a, a weeknight church goer. he was he went on Sundays praise God but you know so he would wait home and um, you know kind of wait for me to pull up in the yard and then he'd come outside and you know get the baby what have you but it was that thing drained me so bad I felt like running off the road I felt like killing myself and I had my daughter in the back seat I, I just felt so hopeless I was crying I was I felt I felt ugly I feel I didn't feel beautiful I mean you know it was like all the spirits that this woman was dealing with they came for me because I was uncovered, I was vulnerable, and I was wide open, you guys. I had not been restored. I had not been built back up. Nobody prayed over me. I mean, we didn't know, praise God. We just loved working the altar. We didn't, we didn't know. Listen, if I knew then what I know now, Jesus. But that was a teachable moment, right? So I get home, and, and, and my husband, he's, you know, he's kind of looking out the window. We had this big bay window in the living room, and so he would see when I pulled up. And so he's standing there kind of looking out like, okay, when she come to the house? I couldn't move. I had been crying. I mean, I was a mess. The baby was sleeping in the back seat. And he finally came down. He was like, what's wrong with you? And I was a mess. And, you know, he didn't understand. Shoot, I didn't understand. <laughs> All I know was, I just, I'm like, I'm just sad. I'm just unhappy. And he was like, well, you know, somebody, I mean, you know, so now the, the defense in him stands up. Like, Did somebody say something to you? And I didn't, you know, we didn't know it was spiritual, right? And so I, I finally, I don't know how he talked me out of it, but anyway, finally was able to break out, you know, <laughs> break free from it. And it was, okay, sorry, I got disconnected. I don't know how that happened. But anyway, it was that morning before it dawned on me what had happened. And let me tell you from that point forward, and, and that, was, that was a hard lesson. I learned that the hard way. And I, from that point forward, you know, listen, I didn't need anybody to come pray for me. I knew if I ever worked and labored and tarried around the altar, I would pray. I would sit down in my in my chair and pray and cover myself and bind transferring spirits. I learned that back in, when I was 20 or 21 years old. And so what I'm saying is when you have poured out and you have poured out, you are vulnerable. You know, th these are the operations of the spiritual realm. Sort of like for those of you who are athletic, right? After you play the game or you practice or what have you, what do you do? You 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 drink uh, Gatorade or, you know, protein drinks, whatever. To do what? Rebuild that muscle mass. Well, if that's what's done in, in the realm, in the natural realm, what, what more do you do in the realm of the spirit? You know, I would watch football games, basketball games, because my, you know, kids were athletic, what have you. And when when they would sit down, they'd take a towel, cover them face, cover their face, put jackets on or whatnot. And I'm like, okay, they're hot. 
Why would you put a jacket on? Why would you put a top? But it was to protect those muscles. Right? So, so if you can do that being a natural man, what more do you need to do in the realm of the spirit? And so here you had this um, Delilah who kept pulling, pulling. She wore him down. And you know what happened, you guys? He yielded. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to wear you down. He will use people who, listen to me. Folks, the enemy will use people. And, and, and this is where you've got to, you've got, because if not, you're going to open yourself up to being attacked and having your virtue drawn from you. Now, this, this message, I, I should have prayed before I went online with this one because the enemy has tried three times to shut down this recording. Three times. So this is a word that he does not want released to the body, but he is a liar and it will go forth in Jesus name and it will accomplish that which the father has sent for it to do. So there comes a discerning of spirits that we must have to know who the Bible said, know those who labor among you. You've got to know those who are coming for a legitimate, authentic, uh, uh, um, genuine cause. And those who are operating in ulterior motives, seeking to drain you. Now, let's go back to the woman with the issue of blood again. Because this woman had pulled on Jesus. She didn't ask his permission. He didn't, he didn't permit it. Well, he couldn't have, right? He didn't know. So when he turned around, he confronted her. Did y'all, you ever read the story? He said, who did that? He was getting ready to deal with the person who pulled that thing from him without his permission. He asked the apostles, who touched me? They were like, what do you mean? Everybody touched. He said, no, somebody touched me. Jesus recognized somebody withdrew virtue. He felt it when it was released from his body and he turned around to deal with it. And so we in the body of Christ cannot be so spiritual that you don't pay attention to who's pulling on you and who's withdrawing strength from you. When he confronted that woman and saw what she had been going through, he acknowledged her by her faith. He said, woman, your faith have made you whole. And he blessed her to keep the virtue that she had received from him. Do you see how that works? Now compare that to what happened with Samuel, uh, Samson and Delilah. Samson did not give her authorization. She usurped it. She took it that's the difference she took it she took it by virtue of wearing him down she vexed him she vexed his soul and when i say vexed uh your somebody's soul is vexed that you know what that means when somebody's on your nerves i mean to and you've probably said this person is getting on my nerves every time i see them every time i turn around they're in my face every time i pick up my phone they own they left a message they're on my nerves why because this person is drawing something from you right that has been, un, been unauthorized. Otherwise, it wouldn't get on your nerves. You wouldn't mind picking up the phone. Hey, brother so-and-so. Hey, sister so, so Yeah, praise God. This is what the Lord is saying. You wouldn't even have that, that conversation if that person was not pulling on you from an, on, un, from an un, unauthorized place, place. That's the difference. That woman pulled on him. She harassed him. The Bible says she vexed him almost to his death. Wore him out. And guess what? He yielded because he was tired. 
This is the danger of when you keep going and functioning in ministry or whatever and you don't get rest. That's what we call burnout. That, that's what that's when we, we when we say, you know, and that's why it's good to have people who watch over you in the spirit, because, you know, sometimes if you especially if you one of those that, that you just feel like you got to go in and save the world, you need somebody to pull you to the side and say, sis, bruh, you need to take a break. And I'm not talking about those who want you to take a break so it can be their turn. Come on again. You better know them by the spirit. I've had people tell you, you just doing so much. The Lord is telling me you need to slow down. I said, the Lord is not telling you to do that because. This is what he's given me to do. To whom much is given, much is required. So you got to watch that too. There'll be a, there will be folk who are intimidated by what you carry and by the assignments that God has placed on your life. And they will try to shut you down. The Lord showed me you need to take a break. You need, you, you're just doing so much. And then you look at them and, <laughs> and they're half of your burden. <laughs> the, the same one prophesying that to you is, is, is about 75% of your burden right there. And they want you to stop. Why? Because you 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 tapping into a lane they don't want to be exposed in. So watch that, people of God. Watch that. When someone tells you Jethro went to Moses and said, "Man of God, you're taking too much on. You get you some help." That's different. He's coming from a genuine place. He's coming from the place of a father. Do you understand that? Where that where that positional authority comes from? It comes from someone higher or someone, for the lack of a better word, who ranks you in the realm of the spirit that can come and give you that order. Okay? That's where that comes from. That hierarchy that says, hey, I'm overseeing, I'm I'm looking over you. I can see that you're fatigued. You need to get some rest. Assign some people to, to help you and this, that, and so forth. But he'll never he, listen, come on. He'll never stop you. How you mean God called me to pull these millions of people out of Egypt and you mean to tell me the Lord told you I need a break? What is wrong with you? What kind of Holy Ghost is you listening to? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who, who does that? Why would you tell somebody in the middle of their assignment, oh, the Lord says time to take a break. That is not what God is saying. I, either you, I don't know what your motive behind that is, but you didn't hear God say that. So again, when you know, and I just had somebody order one of my books, Engaging the authentic prophetic voice. You got to know the word of God. And, this, and I, I think I talked to y'all about this. You have to know the word of God so you don't sit and listen and take in all this prophetic, pathetic stuff. Look, pathetic, prophetic. God said. No, he did not. <laughs> he did not say. God is not even talking to you right now. What about What is God saying to you? So I'm praise the Lord. So anyway, I, I just wanted to leave these words with you, people of God, to be very careful, um, particularly those of you that God is um, you got a great work ahead of you. Some of you have great. I mean, you, you've got years and years. Some of you have decades of work in the kingdom to do. Right. And so I, I, you don't, what you don't want to do. Number one, you don't want to give your ear to everybody. Pace yourself. I started myself back in the 20s, laboring or whatever. And, and, and so now here I am 20 years later, 20 plus years later, and I paced myself. I've had people tell me, the Lord said, get ready, go on, so on, so on. So. That is not what God is saying. <laughs> you know, I, when you know, you don't have to be in a rush. I don't have to have 12,000 books out by tomorrow. I've had people tell me, the Lord said, if I don't write this book, he's going to kill me. God did not say that. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You pace yourself. Some of you have decades of, of years of, of kingdom service. Pace. I'm not saying take your time because there are some assignments that are very timely. 
what I am saying to you is pace yourself. You got a long race ahead of you, right? Pace yourself. It's not how fast you finish, it's how well you finish. Your finish line is well done. Not, oh, I'm impressed about how quick you did it. Pace yourself. That's where a lot of this anxiety comes from in the body of Christ right now, is everybody's rushing because you got your eyes on your neighbor. You got your eyes on what somebody else is doing, and then you turn around looking at you, well, why I don't have this yet? Why don't, well, number one, if you had to ask yourself that question, that's why you don't have it. You're not ready. You're not even, you're not even mature enough for that level. You're not even ready for that level. Because you still got to get past who you are and who you aren't. So you've got identity issues. Ah, oh, I could talk to you guys for a long time about that, but I'm going to let you go. So I, I pray that you, you've, you've, I don't know, kind of been all over the place, what have you, but if you've been listening to me by now, you, you kind of know how this works. But um, catch, catch what the Spirit of God is saying. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church and, and pace yourself, number one. Number two, discern. Ask God for the gift of discernment, not suspicion. But ask God for the gift of discerning of spirits so you will know who's around you and you'll know if somebody's calling you or if somebody's emailing you or inboxing you or whatever method of contact, you will know, okay, this is a set time for us to talk as opposed to, well, let me call brother so-and-so, let me call sister so-and-so. And if, and if you got to say that, you already know this, <laughs> you, you, you already know. You are you already feeling the frustration. You already feeling like let me get myself together to deal with it. So you're already preparing yourself to deal with some spirits. You that was that was a telltale sign right there. If you got to huff and puff and pray before you call this one and get yourself together, you know you're dealing with some spirits. So don't go into that wide open and and, and, and go up under attack and and you know by the time you hang the phone up, you feel like you could just fall on the floor. You drain. You have no energy left. What that person has zapped you, and guess what? The enemy is waiting there to take advantage of you. Oh, boy, I could talk about that for a minute because that, that thing is real, y'all. But anyway, I'm going to let you go. So I pray this message has blessed you. Uh, you guys go and visit my website, DeliseRogersFields.com, www.DeliseRogersFields.com. Show some love, buy some books, sow a seed, leave a word of encouragement, and just let me know how this broadcast is blessing you. And um, that, that encourages me to keep on keeping on for the kingdom. Amen. Somebody sent a seed today that was just, just out of the blue and just said, you know what? I just appreciate you and the work that you do. And it means so, so much to be appreciated. Amen. But just know if you don't, <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway because I love Jesus and I love the assignments that he's given me. So until next time, grace and peace. You all be safe. We love you. God bless.